Section 3 of Atala by Francoise René de Chateaubriand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by William Jones, Benita Springs, Florida. Section 3. Chapter 1. The Hunters. Part 2. The next day, which decided the fate of my life, we halted in a valley not far from Coscoilla, the capital of the Seminoles. These Indians, together with the Miscogulges, formed the confederation of the Creeks. The daughter of the land of palm-trees came to find me in the middle of the night. She conducted me to a great pine forest, and renewed her entreaties to induce me to escape. Without replying to her, I took her hand in mine, and forced the thirsting fond to wander with me into the forest. The night was delicious. The genius of the air appeared to be shaking the blue canopy, embalmed with the odor of the pines, and we breathed a slight perfume of ember emitted by the crocodiles asleep beneath the tamarind trees by the riverside. The moon was shining in the midst of a spotless azure, and the pearl-gray light fell upon the undefined summit of the forests. Not a sound was to be heard, except I know not what distant harmony that reigned in the depths of the woods. It seemed as though the soul of solitude was sighing throughout the entire extent of the desert. Through the trees we perceived a young man, who, holding the torch in his hand, looked like the genius of spring visiting the forests to reanimate nature. He was a lover on his way to learn his fate at the cabin of his mistress. Should the maiden blow out the torch, she accepts the offered vows, but if she veil herself without extinguishing it, she refuses the spouse. The warrior, gliding through the shades, chanted these words in a low tone of voice, I will outrun the steps of the daylight upon the mountain tops to seek my lonely dove in the midst of the oaks of the forest. I have fastened around her throat a necklace of shells with three red beads for my love, three violet ones for my fears, three blue ones for my hopes. Mila has the eyes of an ermine and hair as light as a field of rice. Her mouth is a pink shell lined with pearls. Her two breasts are like two little spotless kids born the same day of one mother. May Mila extinguish this torch. May her mouth cast a voluptuous shade over it. I will fertilize her bosom. The hope of the country shall hang from her fruitful breast, and I will smoke my calumet of peace by the cradle of my son. Ah, let me outrun the steps of the daylight upon the mountain tops to seek my lonely dove amidst the oaks of the forest. Thus sang the young man, whose accents agitated me to the bottom of my soul and caused Adala to chance countenance. Our united hands trembled in each other but we were diverted from this scene by another scene, not less dangerous for us. 
we passed near a child's tomb, which served as a boundary between two nations. It had been placed on the border of the road, according to custom, in order that the young wives, when going to the fountain, might draw into their bosom the soul of the innocent creature, and restore it to the country. At this moment several newly married spouses were there, and desirous of the sweets of maternity were endeavouring, by opening their lips, to receive the soul of the little child which they fancied they saw wandering amongst the flowers. The veritable mother came forwards and deposited a bunch of corn and white lilies upon the tomb. She sprinkled the earth with her milk, sat down upon the damp turf, and spoke thus to her child in an impassioned voice. Oh, why do I weep for thee in thy earthly cradle, O oh, my new-born? When the little bird has grown, it must seek its own nutriment, and finds many bitter seeds in the desert. At least thou hast been unconscious of tears, at least thy heart has not been exposed to the devouring breath of men. The bud that dries up in its envelope passes away with all its perfume, like thou, O my son, with all thine innocence. Happy are those who die in the cradle. They have only known the kisses and smiles of a mother. Already subdued by our own hearts, we were overwhelmed by the images of love and maternity which seemed to pursue us in these enchanted solitudes. I carried Atala away in my arms to the extremity of the forest, where I told her things that I should in vain endeavor to repeat to-day with my lips. The southern wind, my dear son, loses its heat on passing over the mountains of ice. The souvenirs of love in the heart of an old man are like the fires of day reflected by the peaceful orb of the moon when the sun has set, and silence spreads itself over the huts of the savages. What could save Atala? What could prevent her from succumbing to nature? Nothing, doubtless, but a miracle, and that miracle was accomplished. The daughter of Simagon had recourse to the god of the Christians. She threw herself upon the ground and uttered a fervent prayer addressed to her mother and to the queen of virgins. It was from this moment, O oh, René, that I entertained a wonderful idea of that religion which in the forest, in the midst of all the privations of life, imparts a thousand boons to the unfortunate, of that religion which, opposing its power to the torrent of the passions, suffices alone to conquer them, when everything else is in their favour the secrecy of the woods, the absence of men, and the fidelity of the shades. Oh, how divine to me appeared that simple savage, the ignorant Atala, who on her knees before an old fallen pine tree, as at the foot of an altar, was offering up a prayer to her god in favor of an idolatrous lover. Her eyes raised toward the star of the night, her cheeks brilliant with tears of religion and of love, were of immortal beauty. Several times it appeared to me as though she were about to take her flight to heaven. Several times I fancied I saw come down upon the rays of the moon 
and heard amongst the trees those genii whom the gods of the christians sends to the hermits of the rocks when he is about to call them back to himself i was afflicted by all this for i feared that atala had but little time to remain on earth nevertheless she shed such abundant tears she appeared so unhappy that i was perhaps upon the point of consenting to take my departure when the cry of death resounded through the forest four armed men rushed upon me we had been discovered the war chief had given orders for our pursuit atala who resembled a queen in the pride of her demeanour disdained to speak to these voyeurs she glanced nobly at them and went forthwith to simagon she could obtain no concession my guards were doubled my chains increased and my lover was kept away from me five nights passed and then we perceived apalachukla situated on the banks of the river chattahoochee i was immediately crowned with flowers my face was painted blue and red beads were fastened to my nose and to my ears a chikikui was placed in my hand thus prepared for the sacrifice i entered apalachukla amidst the reated shouts of the crowd my fate was sealed when all of a sudden the sound of a conch was heard and the miko or chief of the nation ordered an assembly you know my son the torments to which savages subject their prisoners of war christian missionaries at the risk of their lives and with an indefatigable charity had succeeded in inducing several nations to substitute a comparatively mild slavery to the horrors of the funeral pile the miskogulges had not yet adopted this custom but a numerous party amongst them had declared themselves in favour of it it was to decide upon this important matter that the miko had convoked the sachems or wise men i was conducted to the place of deliberation the pavilion of the council was situated upon an isolated mound not far from apalachukla three circles of columns constituted the elegant architecture of this rotunda the columns were of polished and carved cypress wood increasing in height and in thickness and diminishing in number as they approached the centre which was indicated by a single pillar from the summit of this pillar suspended strips of bark which passing over the tops of the other columns covered the pavilion in the guise of an open fan the council assembled fifty old men in beaver cloaks were ranged upon the steps facing the door of the pavilion the grand chief was seated in their midst holding in his hand the calumet of peace half-coloured for war on the right of the old men were placed fifty women dressed in robes of swan feathers the war chiefs with a tomahawk in the hand a bunch of feathers on the head and their arms and chests dyed with blood occupied the left at the foot of the central column the fire of the council was burning the first jungler surrounded by eight guardians of the temple dressed in long vestments and wearing a stuffed owl upon their heads poured some balm of copal upon the flames and offered a sacrifice to the sun the triple row of old men matrons and warriors the priests the clouds of incense and the sacrifice 
imparted to this counsel an aspect altogether imposing. I was standing chained in the midst of the assembly. When the sacrifice was finished, Miko spoke and explained with simplicity the affair that had brought the council together. He threw a blue necklace upon the ground as evidence of what he had just said. Then a sachem of the tribe of the eagle rose and spoke thus. My father, the Miko, sachems, matrons, warriors of the four tribes of the eagle, the beaver, the serpent, and the tortoise, let us change nothing in the manners of our forefathers. Let us burn the prisoner, and let us not allow our courage to be weakened. It is a custom of the white men that is now proposed to you. It cannot be other than pernicious. Give a red collar which contains my words. I have spoken. And he threw a red collar into the midst of the assembly. A matron then rose and said, My father eagle, you have the cleverness of a fox and the prudent slowness of a tortoise. I will polish the chain of friendship with you and we will plant together the tree of peace. But let us change the customs of our forefathers when they are of a terrible character. Let us have slaves to cultivate our fields, and let us no longer hear the cries of the prisoners which trouble the bosoms of the mothers. I have spoken. As the waves of the ocean are broken up by a storm, as in autumn the dried leaves are carried away in a whirlwind, as the reeds of the Mississippi bend and rise again during a sudden inundation, as a great herd of deer bellow in the depths of a forest, so was the council agitated and murmuring. Sachems, warriors, and matrons spoke by turns, or altogether. Interests clashed, opinions were divided, and the council was about to be dissolved. But at length the ancient custom prevailed, and I was condemned to the pile. A circumstance caused my punishment to be delayed. The Feast of the Dead, or the Festival of Souls, was approaching, and it is the custom not to put any captive to death during the days consecrated to that ceremony. I was handed over to a strict guard, and doubtless the sachems had sent away the daughter of Simagon, as I saw her no longer. Meanwhile, the tribes for more than three hundred leagues around came in crowds to celebrate the festival of souls. A long hut had been constructed upon an isolated situation. On the day indicated each cabin exhumed the remains of its fathers from their private tombs, and the skeletons were hung upon the walls of the common room of the ancestors in order and by families. The winds, a tempest had burst forth, the forest and the cataracts roared from without, while the old men of the different nations were engaged in concluding treaties of peace between the tribes over the bones of their fathers. Funeral amusements were indulged in, running, ball, and a game with small bones. Two maidens tried to snatch from each other a willow twig. Their hands fluttered about the twig, which each in her turn held above her head. Their beautiful naked feet intertwined, their mouths met, their sweet breaths became confounded. They stooped, and their hairs were mixed together. Then they looked at their mothers, and blushed in the midst of applause. 
Blushing is a marked characteristic with young savages. The jungler invoked Michabu, the genius of the waters, and related the wars of the great hare against Machimanatu, the god of evil. He spoke of the first man and of Atha Insik, the first woman, being hurled from heaven for having lost their innocence of the earth having been reddened with a brother's blood of the immolation of tahu sitaru by the impious ju sekka of the revenge commanded by the voice of the great spirit of masu the only one saved in his bark vessel and of the crow sent out to discover the land he spoke moreover of the beautiful indaya recalled from the land of souls by the sweet song of her spouse after these games and hymns preparations were made for giving the ancestors an eternal sepulture upon the borders of the river chattauchi there was a wild fig tree which the worship of the people had consecrated the indian maidens were in the habit of washing their bark dresses at this place and exposing them to the breath of the desert upon the branches of the ancient tree it was there that an immense tomb had been dug while leaving the funeral chamber the hymn of death was sung each family carried some sacred remains on arriving at the tomb the relics were lowered down into it and spread out in layers separated by the skins of bears and beavers the mound of the tomb was then raised and the tree of tears and of sleep planted on it let us pity men my dear son those very indians whose customs are so touching, those very women who had displayed such a tender interest in my behalf, now called out loudly for my execution, and entire tribes delayed their departure in order to have the pleasure of seeing a young man undergo the most horrible sufferings. In a valley to the north, at some distance from the grand village, was a wood of cypress and deals, called the wood of blood it was reached by the ruins of one of those monuments of which the origin is ignored and which were the work of a people now unknown i was led thither in triumph preparations were being made for my death the pole of arasgui was planted pine elm and cypress trees fell beneath the axe the funeral pile was rising and spectators were constructing amphitheatres with the branches and trunks of trees each one was occupied in inventing a torture some proposed to tear the skin off my head others to burn my eyes out with red-hot axes i began to sing the song of death I do not fear torture, I am brave, O oh, Miskigolges, I defy you, I despise you more than women. My father, Utalisi, son of Misku, drink out of the skulls of your most famous warriors. You will not draw a sigh from my breast. Provoked by my song, a warrior pierced my arm with an arrow. I merely said, Brother, I thank thee. In spite of the activity of the executioners, the preparations for my execution could not be completed before the setting of the sun. 
a jungler was consulted and he forbade the genii of the shades to be troubled so that my death was postponed till the following day but in their impatience to enjoy the spectacle and in order to be ready sooner on the break of day the indians did not quit the wood of blood they lighted large fires and began a series of festivities and dances meanwhile i had been laid down upon my back cords from my neck from my feet and from my arms were attached to stakes fixed in the ground warriors were seated upon these cords and i could not make the slightest movement without their knowledge the night advanced the songs and dances gradually ceased the fires emitted but a ruddy light in front of which i could see the shadows of some of the savages pass at last they all fell asleep but as the noise of men became pacified that of the desert seemed to increase and to the tumult of voices succeeded the howlings of the winds in the forest it was the hour when a young indian recently became a mother awakes with a start in the middle of the night fancying she has heard the cry of her first-born babe desirous of her sweet nutriment with my eyes gazing up to heaven where the crescent moon was wandering in the clouds i was reflecting upon my destiny atala appeared to me to be a monster of ingratitude thus to abandon me at the moment of punishment i who had given myself up to the flames rather than leave her and yet i felt that i still loved her and that i should die with joy for atala in extreme pleasures there is a sting that excites one as though to counsel us to profit by the rapidly passing moment in great grief on the contrary there is something heavy that induces drowsiness the eyes fatigued with the tears naturally seek to close and the goodness of providence may be thus remarked even in our misfortunes i gave way in spite of myself to that heavy sleep which sometimes overcomes the wretched i dreamt that my chains were being taken off i thought i felt the satisfaction experienced when after having been tightly pressed a helping hand relieves us of our irons this sensation was so vivid that it caused me to raise my eyelids by the light of the moon a ray of which was escaping between two clouds i saw a tall white figure leaning over me and silently occupied in loosening my bonds i was about to utter a cry when a hand which i instantly recognized closed on my mouth a single cord remained but it appeared impossible to cut it without touching a warrior who covered it entirely with his body atala placed her hand upon it the warrior half awakened bestirred himself and sat up atala remained motionless and looked at him the indian thought he was looking at the spirit of the ruins and he lay down again closing his eyes and invoking his manitou the bond was broken i arose and followed my deliverer who tendered me to the end of a bow of which she held the other extremity but with what dangers were we surrounded at times we were on the point of stumbling over the sleeping savages then a guard questioned us and atala replied in an assumed voice 
The children were crying and dogs were barking. Scarcely had we got clear of the fatal enclosure when terrible howlings resounded through the forest. The camp was aroused. A thousand fires were lighted, and savages were running about in all directions with torches. We hurried away with precipitation. When day broke upon the Appalaches, we were already far away. Great was my felicity on finding myself again in solitude with Atala. With Atala, my deliverer, with Atala, who was giving herself to me forever. Words failed my tongue. I fell on my knees and said to the daughter of Simagan, Men are but little, but when the genie visit them, they are nothing at all. You are a genius. You have visited me, and I cannot speak before you. Atala offered me her hand with a smile. I am obliged to follow you, she said, since you will not fly without me. During the night I seduced the jungler with presents. I intoxicated your executioners with essence of fire brandy, and I risked my life for you because you had given yours for me. Yes, young idolater, she added with an accent that alarmed me, the sacrifice will be reciprocal. Atala gave me the weapons she had had the precaution to bring, and then she dressed my wound. Whilst wiping it with a papaya leaf, she wetted it with her tears. It is a balm, I said to her, that you are dropping on my arm. I am rather afraid that it may be a poison, she replied. She tore one of the coverings from her bosom, with which she made a first bandage that she fastened with a tress of her hair. Intoxication, which lasts a long time upon savages, and is for them a species of malady, prevented them from pursuing us during the first few days. If they sought for us afterward, it was probably in a westerly direction, as they must have thought we should make for the Mississippi. But we had taken our flight toward the fixed star, north, guiding ourselves by the moss on the trunks of the trees. We were not long in perceiving that we had gained but little by my deliverance. The desert now unrolled before us its immeasurable solitudes. Without experience in forest life, having lost our way and walking on at hazard, what was to become of us? Often, while gazing upon Atala, I remembered the ancient story of Agar that Lopez had given me to read, and which happened to be in the desert of Beersheba a long time ago, when men lived to three times the age of the oak. Atala made me a cloak out of some ash bark, and she also embroidered me a pair of muskrat skin moccasins with porcupine's hair. In my turn I did all in my power to ornament her attire. First of all I placed upon her head the crown of those blue mallows that crowded beneath our feet in the abandoned Indian cemeteries. Then I made her a necklace of red azalea berries, and after all I smiled at the contemplation of her wonderful beauty. When we encountered a river, we crossed it either on a raft or by swimming. Atala placed one of her hands upon my shoulders, and thus, like a pair of migratory swans, 
we traversed the solitary waves. During the great heat of the day we often sought shelter beneath the moss of the cedars. Nearly all of the Floridan trees, especially the cedar and the oak, were covered with a white moss which descends from the branches down to the very ground. At night-time, by moonlight, should you happen to see, in the open savannah and isolated home dressed in such drapery, you would imagine it to be a phantom dragging after it a number of long veils. The scene is not less picturesque by the day when a crowd of butterflies, brilliant insects, colibris, green parroquets, and blue jackdaws entangle themselves amongst the moss, and thus produce the effect of a piece of white woolen tapestry embroidered by some clever European workman with beautiful birds and sparkling insects. It was in the shade of such smiling quarters, prepared by the great spirit, that we stopped to repose ourselves. When the winds came down from heaven to rock the great cedar, when the aerial castles built upon its branches undulate with the birds and the travellers sleeping beneath its shelter, when thousands of sighs pass through the corridors of the waving edifice, there is nothing amongst the wonders of the ancient world to be compared with this monument of the desert. End section three. The Hunters, Part Two.